Hello and welcome to Two Girls in a Pod. I'm Sharon. I'm Christy. And we are super, super excited to have a guest on today. We met her because a friend of mine went to her to get her hair done and she looked fabulous when she was done. I said, where did you go? She said to... Salon Bella. Yeah. So we decided, hey, let's have her Parissa on. So give us your full name. Parissa Godoy. Hello. Okay. And Parissa, you've kind of been doing this for a hot minute. Yes, since 89. So it's over, what, 34 years. And how long have you had this salon? I started working at Salon Bella in 2001, and I took over Salon Bella about eight years ago. Okay. So we're going to even go a little further back. And let's talk about, you know, kind of what kind of your dreams, your aspirations, where all that came from. How did you get into this kind of thing? Just so people kind of know that background, because, you know, I think oftentimes people have a vision of what they want to do. And then it's like, how do you make it happen? Right. Uh, Well, interesting. So I am originally from Iran and I moved to U.S. in 1985. So I was 13 years old. And the reason we moved was because it was the Iran and Iraq war. So at that time, my brother, before he turned 14, he had to leave the country unless he had to stay for future military. So my parents, this was the first time this was happening in our country. So my parents were worried about us. So because of him, we all moved to U.S. When I moved here, we actually came to visit my brother and we never went back. So things changed for us a lot. My brother moved here about six months prior to us, but when we came to visit him, my mom was like, he's only 14. I can't leave him here by himself. So we end up staying here. When you say he was 14 when he came here, where did he come to and who did he come with? He came, (laughs) um, he actually got a student visa and he moved here and stayed with my uncle. Here is in Colorado? Colorado. Okay. In Denver. Okay. So he moved there and stayed with my uncle. And we came that summer to visit him and see how everything is goes. And he was not, he was 14. He was depressed. Mm-hmm. He was away from the family. We end up staying here. Long story short, my mom was a great chef and she got a green card towards a working for a restaurant. And we kind of worked under her. Actually, she got a work permit before a green card. And we all worked and went to school under her, under hair, like an umbrella kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then once she, and then I went to school at the beginning. I always loved hair. I always loved her. And then when I started school, I actually skipped eighth and ninth grade. And from seventh grade, I moved to 10th grade because of, they did a test of science and math and all that stuff. And we were I was ahead mostly, so they put me to 10th grade. So I was only 13 when I was on 10th grade. So when I graduated, I was only 15 and a half. Well, talk about several culture shocks here. Because, you know, when you come and, you know, we talk about culture on here too. What was that like for you? Because it's such a different culture from Iran. Yes. (laughs) Very different. Very different. First, we weren't here to stay. We were here to visit. So... Just leaving everything and coming, basically mm-hmm. saying see you later and never go back. It was tough. So it you left tough. your home and everything then? Everything, everything. Oh my goodness, okay. We left everything. 
And it was hard. It was really hard. And we didn't come from money or anything. We actually, I worked at a church and I uh, babysat. My brother worked as a janitor in a school. I have a sister that at that time she was seven. So my dad would work. My mom worked. It was tough. It was very tough. We had a tough time. I remember the time Halloween, we dress up my sister and we'll go to each McDonald's to just get a happy meal so we can, we can eat. Right. So coming from a family back home that it was like, it was all family and we were so close to something that you start all over again. It was a wake up call. You we were all on our own. We were just a family that needed to kind of make sure we have $800 a month to pay for the rent, to pay for the food. So we all work together. We all work together mm-hmm. and our paychecks will go to my parents to make sure we have everything. We would get, I don't know if you guys ever remember that Kmart blue light. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The blue light special. Mm-hmm. Yes. We had a $5 allowance out of our paychecks every week. So we will save it up so we can go once a month to blue light special at Kmart <laughs> and spend it that uh, and so, they used to have some good stuff at that they time. Did, they did. They did. I know. Five I dollars I went a sweater for a dollar twenty-five, <laughs> and I was like, "That was my favorite thing. I had it for like ten years. I was like, this is. I bought this for myself. Yeah, with my own I money. Isn't that amazing? It was. It so was. it's kind of very much a humble start for you. Yes, it was. It was uh, tough. It was tough to see everybody, our family, going through that just to kind of survive in a country that. It's sad to say that we didn't want to go back to a country that was like more pressure right. and you couldn't do much. So very different. So we started school here. I went to North High School in Denver and I graduated when I was a little over 15. I still did not. We still at that point didn't have our, we were going to school and everything under work permit of my mom. So we didn't have a green card or anything like that. So I couldn't go to college at that time. Mm. You would have to have, I didn't have it. Uh, my brother did have a student visa, but I didn't have anything. So we would, we could go to tech centers or anything for like some, like a cosmetology mm. or anything. I loved cosmetology. Mm. So we moved to Boulder. My parents opened a business in Boulder and I graduated at Boulder High my last year of school. I ended up going to the Tech Boulder Tech Center for cosmetology, and I finished that in nine months, but it still did not have a work permit to work. Mm. So I had people come over at our house, and I would do facials, and I will do <laughs> hair. I got my certification, and they will just tip me for what I would do. It was tough. It was very yeah. tough. Then when I turned... 17, we end up getting interviewed for our green card. But the way that worked, we had to leave the country and go to another country for our interview. And our interview had to be, if it didn't go well and they didn't approve us, then we couldn't come back to the country. We would have to go back to Iran. So the interview was all about if my mom is legit a chef, if she is really working at a restaurant, they would ask her all that questions. So we went for two weeks to Germany and that's where the interview was. But 
we would have to get to the Germany and then they will say when we got the letters it says your interview would be within a week of this mm-hmm. so we would have to be there before that week and then go in and let them know we're here and then give them our things and then they'll give us our interview so the interview was my mom and my brother went in because of my mom wasn't speaking well of English so she he would translate so they asked questions about how do you make this because she was specialized in Persian food how do you make this how do you do this and she got approved we got approved then we had to wait to get our letters and stuff so it took about 2 weeks in germany to get our letters and then we came back to us and a few weeks later we got our green cards so then i decided to work at jc penny that was my first job <laughs> and go to college i wanted to do computer science is interesting because i always thought i'm going to do computer and all that stuff i loved her but i always thought i'm going to do that So I went to college when I was 17. I started computer science and I did not like it. That's when I found <laughs> out. I would look at people and I was like, "Oh, I can do this with their hair. Or I can cut it this way or I should I should give her my card." Mm-hmm. And I was like, "This is not I cannot sit somewhere and not talk and give my opinion and just look at a computer." So let me see if I understand this correctly. Your classmates are in there, your professors are in there, and you're looking at Oh my god, they would look so much better yes. in this hairstyle. <laughs> yes. Yes, or looking at somebody's behind it. I mean, from back, their hair is like, "Oh, no." <laughs> it was bad. It was like I couldn't concentrate. So I I came home and I told my parents that I know I will finish school, but I'm not going for computer science. I got my associate degree in marketing. Okay. So, and well, that's then, kind of small. Yes. Degree. I got my associate degree in marketing, and I've been one of those people that is like if i have a dream i'm just going to go for it which i really highly recommend it don't get scared don't look at things just do it and work hard on it you know yeah. at it to get where you want to be so even within that when you said you know you have that dream did you did you look at the steps to make it happen well obviously because you went into marketing instead of computer science because computer science wasn't going to do anything for do you anything. yes <laughs> And I wanted to have a degree but honestly out in the field is where you learn everything. Mm-hmm. Yes, you have the tools. Yes, you can marketing even like classes. I could have even take classes, business classes and learn what I've learned. But I was like after the school, after nine, this is what I want. I want to have my own salon. Okay. And that was my dream. That was like I don't care how old I am. I don't care if I'm able to. I didn't have money, but I wanted to have my own salon. I was 19 that I opened my first salon in Denver. And it was Salon Parisa okay. on Dry Creek and University. And I just went and I just got a place, a small it was in a shopping center. I knew that I had to come up with this amount of money to build it. I asked for help. I asked I had a couple of people that made us stations. I looked around and I bought used chairs and used shampoo balls and family helped to install it. It was doable. It was doable. And then I started at the beginning I all I cared was to make the payments. 
Mm-hmm. So I didn't care to make so much money. I care to make the payments and for two years commit myself that I can make the payments. I'll live with my family, whatever I need to do. And I hired a couple of few people that had clientele with a cheap booth uh-huh. so they can just kind of start. And then that's how I started. I started and I had that salon till my son was... Uh, a year old. I got married. I still had my salon. I had my son and he was a year old and I sold it to my nail tech. Oh, wow. So that was my first salon. It wasn't easy, but I can tell you that I was only 19 when I did it. So, And you feel like at this point it was worth it, right? It was worth it. <laughs> it was worth it. Yes. Yeah. You work hard, but if you really want it, you get it. Well, I think there's such a difference, too, when you're doing those kind of businesses, like when you do the cosmetology, because that's so much about also giving something to the person who comes in. Right. Do you see what I mean? It's like a it's like a different relationship. I tell you, she makes our hair look beautiful. (laughs) Yes. You know, I chose this because I love what I do. Right. And I have to say there is money in it. People sometimes I think a lot of stylists or cosmetology when they go into it and at the beginning it's hard. Everything is hard at the beginning. Mm-hmm. You have to build that clientele. You have mm-hmm. to be social. You have to, but it's definitely, if you have kids, if you have family, you take care of, it's definitely one of those businesses that you can work around all that. Mm-hmm. You can set your schedule. You can be with your family and work two days of 10 hours a day and then have three days off with your family. It's one of those jobs that you can make a living, a good living, and set your schedule. But you do have to work hard. You know, it's really interesting because every once in a while when I'm talking to people, and we've talked about this too, so I'm going to say, oh, that's too much to pay for hair. I'm not going to pay $30 for a haircut or whatever. I think people forget that even haircuts go with inflation. It does, but also goes with education. I actually did have, there was a time that I had a client, a a walk-in, walked in, and I was doing a a haircut. And she walked in and she asked, how much is a haircut? And we said starts at that time. Well, that was a few years ago, several years ago. At that time, it started at 45. Mm -hmm. She said, 45 to just cut my hair? What do you do that is so special? You know, interesting part is I couldn't answer that at first. I was like, I was off guarded. I was like, it's 45. Mm-hmm. And I just left it that way. That night I came home and I was like, why did I, it bothered me that I couldn't answer her mm-hmm. and I couldn't come up with something to say. So I was like, why am I charging 45? And then I realized, okay, I put money into school. I go every three months, I go to classes. I pay for those classes. I pay for my trips to Chicago for a hair show and see what's new, what's out there and stuff. It's the education, the ongoing education that I get that I actually deliver to a client. And I wish, I was like, I wish she would come back so I can answer that question one more time. But but you learn. It's like interesting to know that this is it. When you come and sit in my chair, 
I'm not just taking the scissors and cutting it. Okay, this is what you want. I'll give it to you. Right. We'll sit and talk. We have a consultation. I'll let you know what will look good. I'll teach you how you do your hairstyle every morning. If you don't know how to do it, I'll tell you to come back. It's, all of that is part of my haircut. Right. And that's what makes it different than the other people. And that is the special. It's like if you come in and get your haircut and you get your, and I show you how to style it, but you go home and you don't know how, call me. That's what I tell them. Call me. Mm -hmm. Come with wet hair. Come with your blow dryer. Come with your round brush. You're going to do it. I'm going to watch. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times you see how they section their hair or they hold the brush and it's wrong. And once you teach them that, it's priceless. Right. But you yeah. know what's kind of interesting? Because you'll do that. Okay, just so everybody knows, I do not do my own hair. Parissa cuts it, colors it, make, does that part. And then Christy does the straightening and stuff. Poor so Christy. So Parissa <laughs> and Christy talk about what they're going to do to my hair. <laughs> she make, sits there. <laughs> we have to make sure we're on the same page. Yes. Send but, that out. Yes. <laughs> Christy tells me what to do with her hair so it's easier for her to style, which I love. <laughs> and, you know, but you know what? I'm okay with that because I know what my areas are and stuff. So I know it's not my area, people. I will mess with somebody's mind every day, but please don't make me mess with my hair. <laughs> That's where I'm at. But, you know, we have a friend, June, and we were talking to her one day, and we were talking about services. And one of the things she said is, you got to charge for what you're worth. Mm -hmm. And, you know, because I know I struggled with that. I've been a therapist for over 20 years. And even to set a rate, and they're like, oh, God, that's too much. And I forget that if people really want the service, they will pay for it. Yes. And there is value in the fact. And like you said, you know, I do trainings. I have to keep my licensure up. You know, I had to do a master's degree with two years post in order to get this license. So it's and then I've been in this business for a long time. And I think that's what it is, is when you learn to charge your worth. Because a lot of times people don't see those behind the scenes things that take place. And no. that was a real transition. And, and you know, it's other things too. I mean, I've been doing it for 34 years. Imagine what it's doing to my hands, right. to my neck. All of that is coming out of my pocket to make sure I'm feeling good and giving still what I can to people. Right. And I highly recommend if when you're going, I mean, if you really don't, your haircut, your hair doesn't matter to you, which I think... It's wrong, and I'll go over that too. But then, do get a ten dollar haircut if you really don't. You don't really care, and you don't mind it. But I think the hair, the eyebrows, is a framing around your face. Mm -hmm. It makes you feel good when you get up and you have it. It's like wearing a PJ all day. You're gonna act, you're gonna feel like you're in bed the whole day. But when you get up and do your hair, your makeup, your self esteem changes yeah you want to go out and do something you think about how great you look or how within yourself you're strong to do whatever you want to do right now it really is a lift up it's i feel like you should as a woman you should take care of yourself right little things it doesn't have to be so every, yeah. i think every woman is beautiful every shape everybody it's all about yourself how you present yourself mm -hmm. As you've done this, when you talk about self-esteem and stuff, do you have any of those clients of yours that have just stood out that come in and you see them and you can kind of almost feel that lack of self-esteem or whatever, and then you do this haircut on them and then they 
see themselves. Absolutely. Absolutely. There is so many clients that come in and the first thing they do is they look at their flaws. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, I, my forehead is too, too short or too long. I have this, I, my neck is, you know, wrinkled or something. Or so you kind of look at that stuff, but you also try to tell them, no, I mean, okay, your forehead is too short. Let's do this haircut that makes it like, let's give you a little bit higher bangs that comes a little bit further back. So it makes your forehead look longer mm -hmm. when your bangs are a little bit coming back a little bit further into the back of your hair. So it's like, mm -hmm. it will help you to get that longer forehead or your neck. So let's cover, let's do framing a little bit around your face. So that will help with the not showing much of your neck, but you also have to remember, okay, but you have beautiful eyes. Mm -hmm. You have a great cheekbones. Mm -hmm. So let's, let's get something that makes that show more mm -hmm. than you. Let's do some few highlights around you. So it makes, makes your eyes come out. You got beautiful blue eyes with a beautiful skin of this. If you do a little bit of a red, it's going to bring it out. The copper is going to bring it out. So play with the, the beauty of the certain features that they have. And then, try to kind of like bring those up and <clears throat> minimize, the minimize other. the other. Mm -hmm. And that helps. But those are all from, again, from what I've learned, what I've seen in past. Or, I mean, sometimes we're like the therapist as well, because a therapist of beauty, mm -hmm. right. but they don't see it. They don't look at it or you know, they sit there and there's a lot of times they sit there and talk about their family or talk about this and talk about while they're getting their hair done. But at the end, when you show them that beauty, all of that is gone. Mm -hmm. All of that is just like a relief. They talked about it. It's back. Now it's about themselves. Now nice. it's about their hair and their beauty. It's just beautiful. Yeah. I'm always curious and Prissa knows this. So whatever she's doing, I'm always asking her. Yes. What are you doing? Why is that? <laughs> And I always love that you always answer my questions yes. because to me, it is such a foreign thing. And even like we talked about this, you know, people take a picture in and say, make me look like this. Yes. <laughs> yes. I do like when people bring pictures mm -hmm. and the reason I like it because then I can compare with them. Okay. Some people bring pictures and they have very fine hair and they bring this curly hair picture and it's a doable to a point. It's not going to be the same. But how much time are you going to put on it? Are you going to get up every morning and wash it and curl it? Mm -hmm. What do you do with your hair? Those are the questions you should, if your stylist is not asking you, you should either ask them or tell them, this is what I do with my hair. I don't style it. I don't use round brush or I get up in the morning and use a curling iron and a round brush. Based on what you know, tell me what you can give me. If the stylist is not asking, this should be you asking them. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, as a stylist, I do. I sit down and I ask them the first time when they come the first time because I don't know them. They don't know me. So I ask them, if it's a haircut, what do you do with it? How do you dry it? How often do you wash it? Do you use a round brush? Do you use a blow dryer? Do you let it dry naturally? Do you curl it? Do you use any products? What kind of products do you use? All of that is based on what I'm going to give you. Are you going to be one of those people that are going to be 
getting up in the morning and just kind of like wet it and let it dry naturally? Or are you one of those that you would like to brown brush it and blow dry it? Based on that, <laughs> I can tell you what's better for your hair. And I love that you go into detail like that. And, and it really is. It's been an education in, yes. in going there because there was a lot of ideas I had about, you know, how when you go in, just take a picture in, like you say, and oh, yeah, I would love to have this. But I love that you work within the framework of what that person does on a daily and that and you help them to understand, well, if you don't want to spend this much time or whatever, then look at this or that. Right, you know, right. That like is that. very huge. It's yeah. a huge thing. I've seen clients that come in every which is totally, this is their budget and it's great. They still come to me and I love that. But they come every three to four months to get their hair color. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So sometimes they come in and they want this bride or this like a platinum blonde or something. So I have to sit down and talk to them. I'm just giving a name. Jenny, do you really want this? Mm -hmm. That means you have to come in. Your This level of a color is six level lighter than your natural color. So if you're coming right now in four months, are you willing to come in in eight to 10 weeks and pay this amount of money? So I'm not only, yes, I'm going to make a lot of money, but is this client going to be happy with that? And coming in, if eight, can she afford that? That I'm not here to just make that money that day and that time and let her go and then not knowing if she's able to. And then next time she has to pay more to bring to recolor it and change it to what she was every four months that I, she was coming right in. and well, under helping them understand that that's a very gradual process yes. the picture that you bring in you may not be able to walk out of here with that today because yes. you've got to lighten exactly you know, and there is time. like i have clients that uh, they want to go from to their natural color great yes i can do that but that is a day of work Right. That is 150 to 250 dollars an hour. Yes, you don't have to come. You may have to come in for a toner a couple of times in between, and I can get it as close as I can. But which is great. Some people will spend it and never want to color their hair again. But they also need to understand that this is going to be in six months. You still have to come in for a toner just because you pay me two thousand dollars for changing your hair all the way doesn't mean. There's nothing else well, to do. Those are the things you have to know before you walk in and ask for something. That Which was interesting because my hair is purple. And so my thing is, is purple, just put purple on. Purple is a dark color. Come on now. And, you know, Perissa had to educate me. <laughs> yes. Because it was, it was, it's kind of been a process. It uh, is a process. You have dark, let me go over your hair. You have dark hair with gray. When you put color People think, oh, you can just put color over it. Well, color deposits doesn't lift. The only thing that will lift is bleach. Bleach or higher developer of colors will lift the color. So you have to lift the color first and get it to a lighter level of a 9 to 10, which is more of a blonde. Then then you can apply any color you want to. But you also have to cocktail the color. Purples, greens, aqua, those are secondary colors. They're not a, a permanent. Uh, that you have to mix those colors to come to that color. So you have to make sure the level of the blonde you have underneath is this level that actually this color is going to come. If you put a purple on a black paper, you're not going to see it. Mm -hmm. If you put a purple on a yellow paper, you'll see the difference of a 
purple, but you will see it's different than a white paper. So it all depends. That base color, the paper, is your hair. So if it's black, it's not going to show. If it's yellow, it's going to show a different purple. If it's white, it's going to be a brighter purple. You know, one of the other things that I found really interesting that you said to us is when you come out and you'll at like Chrissy's hair is like a, a tealy color, and but you'll come out and you'll show it, and you're right. It's like you're looking at it, but it's like you're seeing different colors. Each person might see a different color in that color. Right, right. It is true. It depends on the eyes. Your eye color. I have dark eyes, so I see green and blue and red differently than green eyes and blue eyes. So a lot of times I bring. When you tell me you want a red hair or a blue hair or green or copper or whatever, or just a brown, I bring the color to you because what is brown to you than me? Right. That's very different. You see brown. That I see a little red in it,、mm-hmm. but you see that as a brown. Yeah. Or you see an ash brown. You see a very ashy brown as a brown, and I see that as like a total green and、mm-hmm. base in it. So it's very important when you ask for a color, and the person says, "Okay, you want brown? I'll you know I'll color your hair brown." Ask them, "Can you bring the color swatch、mm-hmm. so we can see?" The browns that you have. Well, I know one of the things you did with me because I would say about a brown, and I know I would bring a picture in, and you would look at it, and, and you would ask me how I see that because you would say about how you see a little red in it, and I'd be like, "Oh no, I don't want anything with a red、right. undertone because I know as it lightens, it's going to look orangey, and I don't like that." Right. So, but I didn't see it that way. So exactly, it all depends on the.、Uh, it's, that's why it's very important to look at the color swatch because, especially, especially if your client comes in and I see, okay, she has green eyes. She's seeing things a little different than I do, so I need to bring it. Regardless, you should because people don't. Some people are colorblind, so people don't see same color as you do. A purple or a green, especially that kind of colors, are not the same. As what I see,、mm-hmm. and a lot of times I show you that co- color, but that and you say this is what I like, but that doesn't mean I'm going back and co- mixing the same thing. I have to mix something that is actually is going just like those papers. If it's yellow and you want it to look like the purple on the white, I need to go and cocktail that to make sure that color comes out the way you see it. Well,、right. and I think those are the behind the scenes things. You know, we're just like I said, we're curious by nature, so we're、uh, like I said. Always asking questions because always are like, well, why are you doing it that way? And then you'll tell me, well, if the dust doesn't bleed onto this or whatever, yeah, you know. But I think that if it's something that it's like your hair, well, my hair is important to me, but I think most people's hair should be important to them. But if it is whatever it is that's important to you, ask a lot of questions. It doesn't matter what it is, whether it's your hair, you know, whatever. Absolutely. And Absolutely. You should feel like if you ask the question. That it's not a working relationship because I know for you that one time you went to the one and you wanted your hair done differently and her response was what? Oh yeah, she was not happy. So I was that was the last time I went there, and I I understand that she she was the professional. She probably knew better than me in that situation. She didn't explain or do anything like that, and I love that about you because you always you know explain why. You know, you think it's going to come out this way or whatever, and and you just really helped educate us on that. And I think people should 
ask more questions like that. And hopefully they get somebody, Bruce is great about that. She'll answer your questions and, and help you to understand why you would exactly. might not want to choose this. Yeah, you don't want to come out of there feeling bad. And I think you yeah. really did in a way because she didn't say it nicely. She was very abrupt. She was very, it, it was the way in which she said it. And that was really, you know, when Christy walked out, you know, they're like, whoa, you know, so mm -hmm. do we want to go back to somebody like that? No. When you're sitting in a stylist chair, I feel like when you're there for two, three hours, you need to know what's happening. Right. You need to know what's going on. If this is the first time a client comes in, for instance, you guys come a lot. So now you know the procedure. If I'm doing totally something different, then I will explain it. But and if you have questions, you ask. I'm because you already know I explain everything. So you're feeling comfortable to do that kind of stuff. But the first time you come in and if I'm doing anything to your hair, I will tell them, this is what I'm doing. I'm backcombing your hair because you don't want it on the roots. And if I backcomb your hair, it will eliminate those lines, like straight lines that you can see in a highlight. So I have to explain. Otherwise, if I start backcombing your hair and I'm putting in colors, like, what is she doing? Right. Why is she, why is she tangling my hair? Is this is going to damage my hair. You will not know what I'm doing and I'm just going with my work. Well, that's wrong. That That is wrong. I got all these educations so I can educate you with it, mm -hmm. not just for my own knowledge. You need to know what's happening with your hair. If I'm doing a Brazilian blowout or a keratin, a lot of people call it for a keratin or a Brazilian blowout. They don't even know the difference. They don't even know what it does. They think it's going to straighten the hair. It doesn't. It doesn't straighten the hair. It just relaxes the curl. They don't even know what the steps. So if they come in and spending $350 on it thinking, oh, I saw it online and this is what it does. Well, I need to tell you what it does and how the processes work and why it's $350. Mm -hmm. You're not just paying me that much because I is on YouTube and this is very, you know, out, people, everybody's doing it. So I'm going to charge you this much. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think the other thing is too, is that sometimes we have different terminology. Like I call it tame. When the keratin to tame, because my hair will be unruly if I don't do something mm -hmm. with it sometimes. But also, I'll use the term, I want it to look more edgy. And so yes. I would use these terms with <laughs> Marissa. That's why we have Christy as my interpreter when it comes to hair. Yeah. And then there's sometimes I'm, I'm like, explain what you mean by edgy. It's, yeah. it's you have to because mm -hmm. what again what you thinking is totally different than what I'm thinking. Right, everybody's perceptions. Perceptions. Well, yeah. And I think what's really cool is I think you know, and for us, and I don't know about y'all out there, but finding somebody with your hair, you want to find that person. And once we find somebody where they're like, oh God, please don't retire, don't move, don't, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Because it becomes a really strong working relationship. Yeah. Right. Let me, you know? yes. So there is a couple of things like when you try to find somebody, ask the questions. If they don't ask those questions, have your tools with you. I don't like to come in through, I only like to color my hair every three to four months. So if I do this, is this going to be a problem? I don't like roots and I want to come in every three weeks. So what do I need to do? All of that, ask all those questions. Ask, I'm not, I don't blow dry my hair. I have calyx and I don't do this. How do I do my bangs? There is so many ways they have to educate you. If they don't know how to educate you, you're there. If you want to get the haircut, go ahead. But you are allowed to say, okay, I'm not, you know what? Why don't you just wash and style my hair today? 
Mm-hmm. Or do a consultation. Don't even make an appointment for a color and cut. First, go for a consultation. Consultation should be always complimentary. As a stylist. If the stylist is very confident of knowing what she does and is great, then do a consultation. Just call for a consultation, 15 minutes consultation. This is my concerns. This is my needs. What can you give me? How can you help me? Mm-hmm. Once again, I think those are the really cool things about it. And I think that, once again, being open to having that relationship with that person, because when you don't, it really is a relationship building thing, because even I know for me, and I think even for you, trusting people with my hair. Yes. is It's huge. And so I want to be able to have that if I ask a question to feel like that person's going to engage with me. But not only that. It goes beyond that. And I don't know. I think you have to get really good. Not really good, but I think you have to really work on that relationship because, you know, one of the things we love about going to you too is Parissa loves to travel. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. You get, you really get personal with your clients. So share with everybody. What did you do for the holiday? (laughs) (laughs) I do love to travel. We decided to go for our Christmas and our new year, the new year and anniversary to Europe. So we went to England, Amsterdam, and Paris. And you know, it's interesting. I booked it all myself and I planned everything myself, but it was because of my clients, mm. their experiences. They mm. told me where to book this or what to do, download this and do this. So I love the fact I have that kind of relationship with my clients. You have to have a relationship with your clients. I love the fact that they text me. Did you do this? Oh, by the way, let me send you this. And this would be a good. And you know, those are the things that we have. Or I go there and I say, listen, when you go there, this is the hotel you want. This is the thing. It's all about a family. It's just like uh, my clients are my family. Mm-hmm. They are. Mm-hmm. They care. They care what happens in back in my country. They text me. Yeah. So sometimes they text me about an earthquake in Iran, and I'm like, I don't know anything about it. Let me call my mom. Oh. That's how. That's how amazing they are. That's how much they. But that means I am amazing to them. Mm-hmm. That means I'm yes. doing something that they yes. appreciate me. And as a stylist, you want to be. I didn't build this a clientele by just cutting their hair. I build this clientele by conversations, by getting, knowing their family, their kids coming to me. I have clients, I mean, doing this for so many years and being in Salon Bella since 2001, people got married and they had kids and the kids are in college and I'm doing their hair. Mm -hmm. I'm still doing their hair. And that's the beauty of it. Yes, my hands hurt, my neck hurts, but I can't give up. These are my family. Mm-hmm. I love seeing them. Which is another thing. Your son got married. Yes. So did you do hair and stuff like that? Yes. Is it kind of like, oh, Briss is coming. She's got to be the one to do the hair. Or, yeah. You, you know, know, it was interesting. Everybody was like, you really want to do their hair? I was like, if I don't do their hair, I will be like frustrated for the rest of my life that I did not do my son's wedding's hair. <laughs> and actually a couple of gals from the salon did go with me to oh. do their hair. That's how it is. We grew, all grew up together. So they were like, we're going with you to yeah. do the bridesmaid's hair and bride's hair and stuff. Yes, absolutely. And so and you're, you just expanded. Mm-hmm. Yes. So how many do you have now? We used to be with me, five stylists, full-time stylists. 
and we are all booked and referraled by clients and some of us are taking clients on that. I just expanded and I added a retail place and another three stations, which I did hire a couple of people. They are building. They're really good at what they do. One is barber. And then the other one is actually a stylist that moved from Canyon City. And she has a salon there, but she just got married and moved to Denver, Colorado Springs. So she's building her clientele. And I'm actually, the third person I'm actually going to do is someone that I can train them. What we know. Mm -hmm. And try to see, we would love that. Try to see them getting successful with our knowledge and what we do and give it to someone else. too. Well, that's the other cool thing I think is, you know, whenever we pay it forward and we realize that when we remember where we start and then we know that that's where a lot of these people are and how do we give back and how do we help them get to that next level so that they can be as successful because it's not a competition. No. And that's the thing. It's interesting because that's one thing different. My husband has his business and I have my business and he always tells me, why do you tell them your secret? And it's like, it's not a secret. It's a talent. (laughs) And if I can share it with hundred people, I will share it with hundred people that can actually do this thing and make more money or make their clients happy. Because what am I going to do with this? When I die, I can't take it because it's a secret. Mm -hmm. Exactly. It is for me, it's so joyful to teach somebody, okay, when you do a root shadowing or when you do a touch-up in between, you can do this. Yes, it's from all the knowledge and everything I've done. I came up with a little recipes of what to do in between when they want to go traveling and they don't want their hair color and they just have 10 minutes and do this. Yes, those are my recipes. But I would love to train somebody else to do this kind of recipes because it will make them best at what they did. Right? You know, that was the other thing that I liked, uh, you know, because when we went to Cozumel, you know, when we had thought about going in and you said, no, don't do that. So, you know, it's not about the money. No. Because it was like, don't do that because you don't want your hair to bleed and all of the. So even giving people that information, because, you know, when you color your hair with people, if you've not done it, especially when you do the purples and the blues and the greens and all those, those bleed. Yes. So yes. They- Chlorine, mm-hmm. sun. It's like I do. And a lot of times, sometimes they make a mistake. They make the appointment and they come in and, but they're going on this trip of three weeks in the sun or bleed or beach or whatever. Yeah. And I, they want this platinum and I tell them, you know what? Let's not do that. Let's wait. Yes, I'm not making that money at that time. Yes, I wasted two hours, but I'd rather have that client happy because that client didn't know. Right. Exactly. I, I, they didn't know. And I it was my mistake not to ask mm-hmm. after, at, when I was making the appointment or knowing about their trip or last minute well, happened. And know? I think that's what's cool is because, you know, that's one of the things we talk about a lot. And I think, you know, if we're going on a trip or something, we'll talk with you. And just so you know, Chris has to clear a good chunk of her day to do it. Yes. <laughs> Our hair takes forever. <laughs> Six hours. <laughs> yeah. Did but I who's say counting? that? <laughs> who's counting? Yes. Yeah. It is. It's a difficult thing and, and we so appreciate it. Yeah. Thank um, you. It's but, really Sharon that's the problem child. Her hair is so thick. I and... know. <laughs> oh, that's why we start and end with her. Yeah. <laughs> Chris is in the middle somewhere. Well, I always tell Christy, I'm just going to go in and tell Chris I want something totally different. And she goes, you better not even tease. 
I actually text you guys. Do you guys want the same thing or do you want something different? Because I know I have to kind of like, okay, do I need you to come in at 6 a.m. now? Or do I need you to come in at 9? We're so happy we slowly moved up in time. Yeah, so that's um, the thing. Before we end here, let's talk a little bit about Iran because I know there's a lot of stuff going on there. Yes. And I know you still have family there. How is that all going? It's sad. It's very sad. It's been happening, the strikes and uh, protesting has been going on over four months now. They have killed over thousands and thousands of young young people, men, women, kids. And the whole thing is about woman, freedom, and life. That's what it is. Actually, it's woman, life, freedom. Mm -hmm. And they're not stopping. You know, this revolution has been going on for over 40 years, uh, 43 years, actually. The population of Iran, 75% of them are under 35 years old. So, and social media, they see, so they can't understand why they have to live this kind of life of not being able to be young and enjoy their life. It's, It's sad. That could be another time we can talk about all this, but... It is really, is really sad, but they're not stopping. Hopefully, we'll have more, better results. They want the regime change, and they keep going. They keep going. And, you know, and I think that's such an important thing is, you know, as women, we should have the freedoms to be who we want to be and, and do what we want to do and not be subjected to some rule that's out there that's an arbitrary rule made by somebody who don't understand the impact on the individual you know and i think that that happens it is so important when you're from another country that is very controlled woman and man and you're here and you don't realize how good you have it Mm -hmm. you don't realize how you good you have it to compare what's out there Beautiful, educated people out there, girls, men, and they can't do anything with that. So they can't even, yes, it is so wasted. It is Mm -hmm. so, their talent, everything is so wasted. And it's so sad because Iran is a beautiful country. It It is. It is is very, yes, it is in Middle East, but it's nothing like Middle East. They don't, their belief, everything is totally different. And their strength. Everything is very different than what they believe is what you think about Middle East. And that's why they're fighting for it. That's why we, they used to be kings. They wasn't used to be presidents and, and vice presidents and stuff. It used to be kings of Iran. And, mm-hmm. and all that changed in, in yeah. a day with the lies and promises that it was totally wrong. And, mm-hmm. and it's sad to say that even the own, Right now, their own military, the Iran's military, doesn't want to do killing people. So what did the government do? They hired assassins from other countries. Mm-hmm. So now they're there killing and raping because it's not their kid. It's not pillaging, their people. Yeah. Right. So that's how sick the government is. And this is what we don't see. We don't realize how good we have it. Yeah. And, you know, so everybody out there putting out positive thoughts and energy towards Iran for their yes. for their basic freedoms because it's freedoms that we really do have. I mean, we're still working on more freedom here. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, we're not where we need to be. 
but at least we're we can continue to move in that at direction least you have a voice mm-hmm. yes you know yes can still some people here some people don't they don't have a voice you have a voice there guess what you're either going to be in prison or you're dead the next day yeah exactly so that's that's, a, that's the beauty of you know somebody's going to hurt you know Right now, that's all they're doing. They're just having their voice and they're dying. Right. Is it important for you, you know, I mean, even though you've been here since you were 13, to keep part of that culture? Absolutely. Because you speak Farsi, right? I do speak Farsi. Yes, it's my heritage. I'm never going to give that up. Good. My beliefs might be a little bit very different than what they believe, but my heritage is the same. Even if I'm a U.S. citizen, I still have all the Persian heritage as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was having uh, Prissa teach me Farsi, just the bad words. <laughs> we won't go there. <laughs> yeah, because then she'll use them on me. <laughs> In any language, isn't that what you do? You learn yeah, the curse yeah, words first. first but you know what? They sound so much cooler than any uh, any of the other words, you know? <laughs> it's kind of like the little kid, you know, you say the, you, you can talk, use all the vocabulary. They don't know anything. You use yes. that one cuss word. Or, and that's the only one they hear in that whole thing. And that's the only one they're going to repeat. Yeah. You know, yes. Carissa, I want to thank you so much. Oh, I know yes. Christy does. Thank you. We always talk about this and for everybody out there understanding that something as it might seem simple, like getting your hair done or whatever, it's part of our identity. Mm-hmm. And when we do those things to embrace our identity and to not hide from it, to not shy away from it. And I think that's what we do so much of the time. People say, well, I can't afford it. And even if you can't go to the Parisas of the world, it doesn't mean you can't go buy that little product that makes your hair feel a little better or that makeup or whatever it is. Or sometimes it's getting out in the sun and just letting your hair lighten that way, whatever it is. You know, we always talk on here about the importance of taking those baby steps in order to enhance that life that you have. Mm -hmm. And I agree with you. I think there is beauty in everybody. And we spend so much of our time minimizing that and maximizing those things that we perceive as a negative. But usually that comes because somebody else has told us that. Yes. And that's the thing. Just remember, be who you are and bring that beauty out. Mm -hmm. And it could be easier than you see somebody and you want to be that person or that beauty. It's beautiful to be who you are. Yeah. Oh, what a great way to end. And if you're in the Colorado Springs area, please look up Parissa at Salon Bella. Uh, And we will have that information on our Facebook and on our website. So once again, everybody have a really great week. And we will be talking with you soon. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you.